We got some breeze beats. We got some breeze beats. They're coming in hot, so ready or not for breeze bits. Mmm, bits. I just should have been recording the whole time. We had some pre-pod. <laughs> but now we're just in the pod, so all the gold will be excavated. Two peas in a pod. We're into it. That's right. Wasabi peas. Wasabi peas. That's right. Uh, I should probably mute my Skype. It's great to be here. Welcome to Brace Bits, everybody. Welcome to Brace Bits, everybody. This is episode 28. Good number. I feel like we just finished grad school. Yeah, 28. Curtis Martin. We're in a lot of Legendary. debt. Legendary. Curtis Martin. One time, you know, uh, I, I was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. And we were in the city for, I, I don't remember why, and we were in, uh, it was my dad and my brother and I, and we were getting the car from the parking garage, and who walks by but Curtis Martin. No way. And we got a picture with Curtis Martin. This was, you know, Left. before, I guess cell phones were around, because we, I guess my dad had a cell phone, but I feel like it was like a, it was one of the, it was the period, remember? Like 20 years ago, you just got autographs from people, and that was huge. Absolutely. I feel like this, this was like one of the first moments I remember being like, oh, this is a picture. But there's no, there's no way to really send it to people. Right. So it's just like we got this picture with Curtis Martin. Picture is so much better than an autograph. Because you can't, I mean, you can Photoshop a picture, but you could easily fake an autograph. You really can't fake a picture. A picture is a moment. You love a pic. But if you're thinking about it the other side, as we are as bracebit celebrities... Always. I prefer signing autographs to having to take pictures with people. I prefer to sign an autograph. That that is correct. Yeah, I've got a good. I've got a good sig. I've got a good Hancock. I um I had this book. I mean, I don't. It must have been real, but looking back, it sounds insane. It was this book that you could buy at like Borders or whatever, and it had the addresses of all these athletes that you. Could, what? I mean, I don't, it wasn't. I guess they weren't their actual addresses, but you mailed. I guess it was their P.O. box or their fan oh, mail. It was like their fan gotcha. mail addresses. So I, I remember I wrote into like every single one of these athletes' addresses to see if I could get their autograph. Wow, that's like pre-Twitter. That's this, like, this was uh, like, I was five years, like 1995. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, did you get any responses? I don't think so. That's pretty sad. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Well, this is a great Braze Bits uh, because we are recording, usually we record in the late afternoon. But today we got a braise, braise bits brunch happening. We're brazing brunch. We're doing this in the morning time. This is uh, pulling back the curtain. It's Memorial Day. It is Memorial Day. Uh, so we decided, why not? You know, wake up and start brazing. That's right. As we got bottomless, bottomless brazing. Exactly. And I, before we started recording, I revealed to Lance. He noticed that I've got a little bit of a wet, slick back hair look. Uh, who's that guy on uh, ESPN? The hockey guy. Melrose. Melrose. I got a little Barry Melrose look cooking. Uh, I just hopped out of the bathtub, took a morning tub. That Harry Jesse, Tubman. That, that Jesse, he's a podcaster, eh? <laughs> he's really slinging that podcast, eh? Yeah. I'm not sure what that was. It's, yeah, I've been taking a lot of tubs. It's a, it's a good look on you, and I'm glad that you – did you work out before you took the shower? I don't think so. I sure didn't. Yeah. And isn't I, – I, I took a shower yesterday – after working out, and then I was sweating. This is a callback to our last episode. Yeah. I am personally thrilled that we had guests the past two episodes. It's nice to be back in the kitchen with the with the chefs. You can't beat this. There's nothing better than this. You can't beat this chemistry. You can't. It's undeniable. Yeah. 
I mean, we had, you know, we had two episodes. We had guests, the Brazerbacks, Romain, let us know if you like guests. I personally, you know, I liked one of the episodes better than the other in, in hindsight, but, but, uh, that's neither here nor there. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I got no comment. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the guests. <laughs> I thought they were both unique. Um, but I, I prefer personally to record one-on-one with my guy, SpongeBob Squarelands. That's right. Um, and it, it's also it's interesting because when we have guests on, we bring them into the kitchen, but they haven't necessarily been cooking in the kitchen. So we we uh, we neglect certain things that they don't get. Like we can't talk about the pod nemesis Eric Seidel, for example. It doesn't right. really make sense. We got to explain everything. And I realized I neglected a few different things from that I meant to bring up, but it just didn't make sense in context. Uh, oh, contacts. I don't know why I said contacts. Contacts. Contact lenses. Contacts. Contact lenses. And nice. uh, first, I wanted to uh, thank uh, Schneck Graham, Jack Schneck. Jack Schneck. Um, a few episodes ago, we did our spices, or was it spices and seasonings? Mm-hmm. And I said wasabi. Wasabi. And, and I referred to wasabi as mustard, but it's in fact horseradish. Right, right, right. And Jack Schneck uh, provided that information. Yeah, provided that information, which I think it, I knew it, but I decided to neglect and think it was mustard instead. I had no, and, I had no idea. Yeah. It may, looking back, it makes sense because horseradish has that similar, uh, when, when it gets too hot, that nasal uh, opening yeah. opens up your nasal passage. Yeah, it's a, there's very high Preakness stakes. Exactly. But um, Preakness horse racing and then i also appreciated jacks he uh he tagged our instagram he made a, a tom patty melt i don't know if you saw that i did see that that looked delicious i wanted that's inspiring i wanted to be free falling into my mouth <laughs> i'm a big fan of the patty melt i actually had a patty melt last night i, I, really? I ordered it from a uh, from a diner neptune diner in a story makes a fantastic patty melt that's a, a pretty notable diner yeah it's a it's a lot of uh, comics go there late at night do some riffing. They used to in the old times. Used to back in the days. Yeah. PC pre-corona. That's right. All this that PC culture is over though. I think it's over. I think we're coming all the way back around to the my why. <laughs> uh, I guess it's still PC culture if it's post-corona. PC pre post-corona culture PCC. You down with PCC? Well, pre-corona culture is also PCC. It doesn't work. <laughs> we tried. We did our best. Reese's pieces. Reese's Pieces Culture. Yeah. That's a, perfect. That's, that could be an early favorite for an episode title. Could be. We'll see. We, we got a lot of, we got a lot of uh, brazen to do. We got we'll a really lot of brazen to do. We got a good topic today. Uh, but Fantastic we're not going to get to that just yet. No, we don't want to spoil it too early. Got to get the, get the appetizers going first. Want right. to do some highlights? Let's do it. Why don't you lead off? I'll lead off. Um, get on base, Lance. I'll get on base. Small, small ball. So, um, I wanted to shout out my wife. My wife! (laughs) Uh, last night, uh, we had a wonderful feast. We had, uh, dumplings with, like, everything, everything handmade. So, so dump, uh, vegetable, so mushroom, spinach, dumplings, um, expertly wrapped and created with like toasted with these like sesame seeds on the bottom kind of like Ooh. toasted almost really good and with a boiled with or chili sauce it, steamed what steamed nice very with, nice with a um yeah like this the chili sauce nice chili, oil, chili sauce chili oil, chili oil. Thing. um and then chili davis chili davis chili millie that's a that's a very specific reference it was a, the name of a sandwich shop in copenhagen when i studied abroad so oh wow i don't think anyone that's will get that one but that was for me. 
Deep cut. Good name of a sandwich shop. Though. Yeah. And then the main course, we had uh, Dan Dan noodles. And equally, Not, equally impressive. Wow, those Dan Marinos. Yeah. Homemade Dan Dan's? And I wouldn't Dan Dan rather have anything else. <laughs> that, I mean, that's... That, I like that a lot. That's very good. That's I think that's up there in contention for pod title. Yeah. Were they warm or cold, Dan Dan? Uh, warm. Nice. Warm. They're usually warm. They, I've, I've had both. Cold was good, too. I, I enjoy a cold peanut noodle. If cold, yeah, like sesame sesame noodles cold yeah. are oh, yeah. unreal. Nothing better. I mean, they're well, real. Some things are better. They're real, but yeah. they're so good that the English language decided to be like, how do I describe this? It doesn't feel like it's in the realm of possibility. I know. We'll, we'll create a word, unreal. <laughs> I think that's what happened. And then I also have, this is going to be the most pretentious highlight I probably have in the history of this podcast. I fin- have you heard of the book Infinite Jest? Sure. <laughs> I, uh, I, I read I finished it a few days ago. I read it. I read the whole book. <laughs> it took me... Three that tries. is one of the, that is unbelievable. Yeah, it took me three tries. Meaning you like you restarted it three different times. So yeah, the first time I tried to it was the twenty sixteen maybe like spring of twenty sixteen. I read a few hundred pages, then couldn't couldn't do it. Then I tried again last year, that got it like maybe three or four hundred pages in, and then it took the quarantine. And so did you finish? Did you want to finish it just kind of say you could finish it, or you were like, "There's something here that I want to. I, I want like." I, you couldn't finish the first couple times, obviously, for a reason. So yeah, the, I mean, it's like it's an absurd book. It barely it's a, makes, pa- it's a, it's it, a pound cake. It's, it's a, dense. It is dense. It barely makes any sense half the time, um, and it's obnoxious. But it's like the themes I think are fascinating, and it's really I, like people. If people say it's their favorite book then it could be your favorite book, but it could also just mean you want people to think you're like a smart something. I don't even know. Right. But like, it's, it's probably the, it's undeniably like really interesting. There's no book that like, I can't even compare it to any other book. Cause it's just so strange. And, um, the themes are really, it's like about like addiction and the whole thing's like, I won't spoil it, but it's like one of the, I've main, read a lot of articles about it. Yeah. I, saw, I think I saw the movie. Uh, that what's his name was in it. Siegel. Oh yeah, the uh, the end of the tour. Yeah, it was like the book that. tour about yeah with uh, Jason Siegel. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, How many pages is it? It's like well, it's like um, nine hundred and something. Jeez. But then there's footnotes in the back that you like have to read because it's like oh. they're part of the plot. It's very yeah. Uh, that's that's what uh, that's what my wife said. But she's like, oh, I got to read. The, the, you got to go to these footnotes, oh. and she's like, yeah, it uh, it insists upon itself in a lot of ways. It's like it's like the qualities I don't like about Shake Shack, but times seven thousand. What? So like Shake Shack acts like it's a it's doing you a service because it's a really good burger, but it's inexpensive. It's delicious. And Infinite Jest acts like it's this like mind bending experience, but it also lets you know all the time that it is. But anyway, uh, I did want to finish it. One of the reasons I wanted to finish it is I want to read this book, The Power Broker, about Robert Moses. Okay. It's like a, also similar, really long book. But I said to myself, I can't start that until I finish this Infinite Jest book. Yeah. It's a challenge. I, you know, I like the challenge. And it was, I'm, I'm happy I read it, but I'll never read it again. Yeah. When you were at like it's page exa- 700, it's were you just like, 
Did you want to finish it, or were you like, I just, I gotta finish it? Uh, there were a little bit of both. It was yeah. both. I did want to finish it, and I was disappointed. Like the plot, I I thought I found highly disappointing, but like the themes, I thought were really interesting. And gotcha. I don't know if they would have been able to be as interesting if it wasn't as weird and as long as it was. Interesting. Good for you. That's something you can put on your resume. I won't. I just wanted to tell <laughs> you and every all the other Razorbacks and Dylan Palladino. <laughs> well, no I'll chance. Sure. No chance he would finish that. He would tell people. Yeah. Uh, Slam a damn ding dong. Oh yeah. yeah, that's that's a roasted chicken. Yeah, nice. Um, my highlights not as uh, didn't take as long. I, I watched, but it was probably one of my highlights of <clears throat> quarantine. I watched yesterday uh, the golf match between Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady, and I I, I turned it on thinking I was just gonna kind of watch for a few minutes and turn it off, but it ended up being fantastic it was like riveting how competitive they got it was also very cool they were all they were mic'd up did you watch it i didn't watch it it was they were mic'd up so you could hear them talking trash and also charles barkley was like in the booth announcing and he was talking trash and making like side bets and they were making bets that were going towards charity and it was sort of raining on the back nine so it was like and uh tiger and Peyton were like dominating the whole time but on the back nine phil and Tom uh, made a, a big comeback, a roaring comeback, and it was it was. I watched like pretty much the whole back nine. Uh, really enjoyed it. I hope that like sports has more of this, where they mic up the players and you can hear really behind the scenes, and you feel like you're really in the trenches. It was cool to see. It made me like Tom Brady a little bit more. I used to always hate him. It made me it made me realize he's like a human being, and like he was very nervous that the, the front nine, like he had like he had. A, he played horribly, but like Phil Mickelson, like pumped him up and was coaching him. It was sweet. I, I really enjoyed it. There's something else that happened. Oh, Charles Barkley also at, at the end of it, he did this this thing called uh, bogey or bust, and uh, I was like, he has to get a bogey or not, and he like he he didn't get it, but it was it was funny watching Charles Barkley swing. He's got a crazy swing. Yeah, I actually one of my friends sent over this like prop bet sheet about it, and I really? was thinking about doing it, and then just like, but then but then. I, you have to watch it. Then I'd have to, to watch it. it, and then I'd be I, – I don't like doing stuff like that because then I feel like I'm just concerned about – that's why I stopped doing fantasy football because I'm just like not enjoying – I'm just stressed out. I'm not enjoying – I know. That's like kind There's of a balance I, with betting. Yeah. It's like kind of how I feel about March Madness increasingly where I think I enjoy it more when I'm like all my teams are out. Right. I'm just like nervous. I, I agree, but there's also – it's hard to go back. I didn't bet yesterday on the golf, yeah. but when you're betting on a game, you have – it's the experience is so much more heightened. And you're, like, you're watching so – at least for me, you're watching so much more like at the details and like you are nervous. It's hard to kind of go back to like just casually watching once when you're like – and, and like kind of paying attention. You don't have a little, uh, little skin in the game for me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I pretty much never do it just because – it stresses me out. But anyway, so, but I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to do this, so I'm not going to watch it. I don't know how my mind works, but that's how it worked. I was like, well, I felt, I felt like if I watched it and didn't participate in this, and my friend, like, the next time I talked to him, I was like, yeah, I watched it, I just didn't do your thing. I was just like, feel <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. There's, there's highlights, I think, on. There's highlights of this highlight on uh, online, if you want to watch any of the highlights. There, 
Charles Barkley, Tom Brady was uh, playing horribly. Who won? Who ended up winning? Uh, Tiger and Peyton. They won. They they won by one. Uh, they were up one at the end of the That makes sense. Because Tiger's like the Tom Brady of golf. Yeah. So if and, it was like a football game. Peyton was actually, Peyton was good. I feel like Peyton was very good. If it was a football game, I feel like Tom Brady and Phil would have won. Probably. Probably. It was, uh, but it, the best part was Charles Barkley was making fun of Tom Brady for playing bad. And then Tom Brady from like 100 yards out holds, holds the ball. And it was amazing. <laughs> like literally the second after Charles <laughs> makes fun of him. It was, it was fantastic. That's great. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Sweet sauce. All right. So you you read like one of the most uh, like complex longest books of all time, and I watched uh, celebrities play golf. Yeah, but golf. I think being good at golf is much more challenging. Do you play golf at all? Are you golf golfing? Uh, I played. I was on the high school golf team. Miami I wasn't golfers. very good. <laughs> golf Ziggler. You were you were on you're on your high school golf team. Yeah, that's cool. I tried out for mine and it didn't make it. I think it's the only sports thing I like I got cut from. I mean, other yeah, not that I tried out for all these sports, but I didn't get cut from basketball, but I got cut from golf. I was the I last got cut from basketball. I was the last person to get cut from this golf. But our golf team was like kind of good. We have actually one of my friends who's a Brazier back October. Um, nice. He uh, he was a very good golfer. He played golf in college. And wow. he was like the number one golfer on the team. Um, wow. But I was like, we had this. So in my hometown, actually, there is a this public golf course, Smithtown Landing, and also there was a par three course. So Love and the, the par three and course. the par three course, you could play. You paid like nine dollars, and you could go around as many times as you want. That's the best. It was amazing. So like growing up, that's like what we would do. I would go with you know pod nemesis Eric Seidel, and we wow. would play. You know, two, three, four rounds of this part three. And we should we should uh, make that a, a Braze Bits like vlog. We should all the three of us go to that part three course and, and like someone videos it. Oh, that would be huge. If, it would get so competitive. I'm, I'm, I would already I would already want to beat Eric Seidel in golf real bad. Yeah. So I um I feel like I used to be okay. So I, I didn't make this golf team, but I wasn't like I I was fine. My the best I've ever shot is a ninety two. That's great. Which was I mean, that's that's very solid. Which is solid, but like normally I would get like around a hundred. Yeah, that's like still not low bad. hundred, like hundred, hundred. But I would, I would, ne- I would rare. Like people cheat, you know. I pretty much never cheated. Yeah, um, that was that was the, the funniest part about being on the golf team that there were like notorious cheaters. Yeah, and like uh, I, it's just it's it's a, it's it's pretty much all the honor system unless when you're playing against other high schools and like people are actually watching you, but like. Until senior year, I was pretty much like I wasn't in any competitive matches until senior year. I would just be practicing, keeping your own score with your teammates. So it was, it was keeping your own score in golf is very funny. Yeah, and people are like, "Oh yeah, I did great. I shot a ninety five, and it's like, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus ten. Your 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 non cheating handicap is plus ten. One time, me and my friend Robbie, we're we we're this is a real match, and we fought, we were so bad. That on the ninth hole, we said that we lost our scorecard, so, and we we just kind of like threw it on like the back green. And our coach was like, "No, no, no, you, you gotta go get the scorecard." <laughs> so we had to like go and find the scorecard that we threw in the grass, and it was I think we, we were like in the sixties. Yeah, for nine holes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's if I went now. I mean, I now I play golf pretty much once a year, 
And I would like to more. It's just it's an expensive hobby that I feel like you got to commit to. Yeah. And I'm not at a stage in my life where I could really do that. And also my clubs are too small. Getting some big sticks. Yeah. Well, actually, my I think it was must have been my birthday last year. My dad got me a try. I think I told this story on the pod where we went. He's like, I'm going to take you to this golf shop that I went to. And like, <laughs> when you have, do your dad voice. Yeah. He's like, he's like, all right. He's like, Lancey. Lancey. We're going to go to whatever the name of the store is in Hicksville. This is where I got my clubs with grandpa. I was like, all right, cool. So we go there. Number one, I go to the get off the Hicksville train station. Classic Long Island Railroad train station. One of the greats. And big, big Long Island train station. And he goes, Lance, you know what just opened over there? Chick-fil-A. I've never been there. We should we should go. So he like, Lance, you, you want Chick-fil-A. Yeah, he, he, was, he was. He's like, that's what you want for lunch, right? You like Chick-fil-A? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So we, we went there. And he's like, this is pretty good, but I don't get the, the hype. It's like a fine yeah. sandwich. He's yeah. like, he's like yeah. it's not better than Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then we go to this golf place, and he's someone who loves to try to become friends with the owner by the time that he leaves the store. Loves sure. chatting people up. Sure. And he starts asking the guy questions. He's like, he's like, you know, well, well, he's like, how long you been here? And he's like, a long time. He's like, I think I came here in 1967. Uh, so I got my club, and the guy just looked at me. And he goes, "We opened in 1984." <laughs> no, oh, that's great. Uh, and and my, he didn't accept it. He was like, "No, you guys were open before that. You must have been some other store." <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it was. It was an all timer. I, I, you know what? I tried to turn him to a bit. I was trying to do it as a bit, and it didn't. I don't think it ended up. I stopped doing it because I can see that being like a, like a story. Yeah, I couldn't figure out. I'm not good at stories. Me neither. I've been I've been trying to actually write stories for uh, throughout this quarantine. I've realized that like you you just kind of have to like say the story and then put in jokes. And, like, fig- like the story itself might not be the funny part, but like, you put in jokes inside of it. Exactly, At least for me, that works. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. But I, I feel like I I don't know if you have this problem. I feel like the style of my comedy is there's there's not too many there's not too many punchlines, but it, it's like almost too choppy. If that makes sense. Sure. It's like I'm always, I'm always jabbing. The rhythm. Yeah, the rhythm. It's, it's, it's tough to get into a story with that rhythm. Exactly. Yeah. That's Sweet okay. sauce. You want to head into the highlight? Let's do it. Fire, this right? one. This isn't the highlight. We already did the highlight. I messed it up. We, <laughs> I'm sorry. Rusty you wanna get into, you wanna You want to get into the top nine? Let's get into the top nine. Let's, Let's get into it. the top nine. So what do we got this week? This week we have another food-related top nine. We're doing our top nine cuisines of the world. Which I'm very excited for. Me too. I'm. 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 I honestly, I, I went through many different iterations of my list. I know you're kind of a one and done guy. You do it, and then you're, you're, you trust it. I. I've had. I've had restless nights over this list. So I usually am a Kevin Durant. I'm gonna dominate for a small period of time, and then I'm one and done. But I actually did. I had some. I struggled over this. I changed. I changed it. I made some changes, which I can't remember doing. Ever for a top nine. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this isn't also a definitive list. I feel like we, the fact that like every night or day we go like, what are you in the mood for, for to eat means that our moods and like, and our desires for food changes. Exactly. This is kind of like, this is right now. This is our top nine. Tomorrow could be different. Yeah. So my my evaluation, it was a few different things, but number one, I think it was the, the scope and scale of the cuisine, the culinary tradition, um, how ingredients work, and then like the food culture. 
so I'll say one thing I left off, which I would love to, I didn't think it worked because I, so a lot of these, right, I, I just said basically like countries. And okay. so like one thing I thought about including was American Jewish cuisine. So saying like, I love that like kind of American Jewish food, but I also love the food culture surrounding it, which was a big thing like delicatessens, going to a delicatessens, sure. kind of the ambiance of kind of your more Jewish oriented bagel shops. But I felt that like, if I'm saying, you know, um, Indian cuisine, right? There's so many subsets of Indian cuisine. It doesn't, it's not fair to just say American Jewish cuisine. And then right. group Indian cuisine is just right. kind of this monolith where it's obviously there's so many different facets. So, um, I just kind of did general and then appreciated this, tried to appreciate as much as I knew the specifics within kind of a general country's cooking. Cause you know, you say American cuisine, you could mean McDonald's, right. but you could also exactly. mean like farm to table, California stuff. You can mean New New England chowder. You know, there's so many things. Right. It's the chef's interpretation at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. You want to kick it off? Oh, this one also, I I feel like we're not going to – a lot of times I feel like we have a lot of arguments over like this is garbage. But I don't (laughs) don't think that this one's going to lead to saying this type of food is bad. No. It'll just be interesting to see what our our rankings, our our top three. Yeah. So I think it'll be an interesting – Interesting flavor profile with our quote-unquote debate. Yeah, absolutely. All right, here we go. Let's lead off. I'm going to get on base. My number nine, we'll do the old Wack Goldberg special, 333. Number nine is Thai food. You talking Thai to me? I love Thai food. I enjoy Pad Thai. I I don't think I've ever had authentic Thai food. I've really had like Thai restaurants in New York City. Um... Not sure what else to say about Thai food. I, I, it's, I've, I've been having a lot of Thai food for delivery during quarantine because the Chinese restaurants in my neighborhood have all closed, and it's really the only Asian cuisine cuisine that's cuisine that's available for me. What love Thai food? What's your go-to dish? Usually shrimp pad Thai. I love a shrimp pad Thai. If I'm going out to a Thai restaurant, the one I'm thinking of this place, Key uh, in Hell's Kitchen, has a really good uh, sea bass that's in like a like a clay pot that's really spicy it's delicious i think taffy i think of like for some reason like cilantro and like uh like clear soups yeah 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 i don't think i've ever had uh sebastian maniscalco at a tire never restaurant. had sea bass no oh, at a tire restaurant. restaurant yeah big mouth billy sea bass <laughs> but Thai food, I love. I really like thai food. Uh, I don't have it on my top nine, but I wow. was highly. It was it was painful to leave Thai Thai food off. Um, I am a fan of drunken noodles. Love drunken noodles. I think drunken noodles have a nice spice element to them. Sure. Um, I'm not. I left off Thai because I'm not as familiar with it as other cuisines. Um, yeah. But I'm more of a drunken noodles person than a pad Thai person. Um, okay. I will also say one of the best restaurants I feel like I've ever been to. Um, this is like Thai. It's this Thai restaurant in Noho called Fish Cheeks. It's, I don't know. it's like, um, it's, it's, it's up, it's more on the upscale side. It's kind of expensive, but the food was unbelievable. More like kind of these small plate type things. Um, mm. and the spice element in Thai is strong. Yes. And that's why I love it. I, I love, love that. Spicy. Yeah. Love that. There's this truck, uh, that I would go to quite often in the financial district. Um, uh, what's it, what was it called? Uh, lucky I'm Thai. It's called. And uh, there was a period of time where I would go there most days and get either drunken noodles or 
uh, vegetable fried rice. And just really, really strong. And uh, Sounds like a delicious period of Thai. It was a, definitely a delicious period of Thai. And like good and also pretty healthy, I feel like. Yeah, overall could be pretty yeah. healthy. Yeah. I enjoy Thai Montgomery very much. Nice. My number eight is uh, Spanish okay. food. Love Spanish food. When I think Spanish food, I think tapas. I've been to Spain. Uh, I went to Barcelona and Madrid, uh, and the pa- and tapas and paella. The paella there was unbelievable. I think that's the first time I ever had paella. I enjoy paella, and the, also the one thing about it's more of like a Spanish culture thing that I really enjoyed, and that I, I kind of do because when, because of stand up. Is I like how they have a late dinner. We would eat dinner at like 10 p.m. in Spain. I really enjoy that. And I feel like, especially with stand-up, I usually have dinner after I do stand-up, and I would have dinner like 9, 30, 10. I feel like that's the optimal time for dinner. Um, paella, shrimp, small plates. Uh, love Spanish food. Yeah. Good spice. And I think, um, yeah, I think the culture surrounding Spanish food is interesting. Tapas, tremendous. I feel like it's just like there's constantly food, and it's constantly yeah. just like, Good. I don't know. I like the the contrast. Really between, tasty bites. I, I like the contrast between paella, which is this gigantic dish, and then tapas, which are kind of this right. endless rotation of, of those small things. And then uh, I'd be remiss to not comment on sangria. Um, exactly. I was just thinking that yeah, I love sangria. Yeah, sangria. I feel like I guess it's like now thinking about it, it's like usually pretty sweet and sugary, but it does complement like tapas really well. Sure. Sure. Yeah, easy to drink. I uh, I like both white and red sangria. It's delicious, and it's Absolutely more. Delicious. I th- I feel like I mean you could say this about most food cultures, but there's definitely a highly communal aspect to it. It's like Absolutely. oriented towards. It's not oriented towards solitary. Right, right. you get tapas, you get a pitcher. You of get a pitcher of sangria. Yeah, big, big old paella you're, to you're, share. Yeah, you're not getting paella for yourself. I mean, I'm getting it for myself, but you're generally right. You're generally right. not getting it for yourself. Um, I, the late eating, so I, I think I used to, I went to Spain for a few, only for a few days, um, Madrid for one night and then Barcelona for three nights. And this was, at, this was at the tail end of like a long trip in Madrid. I had a friend who lived there and he brought us this amazing tapas place. One of the best meals I feel like I've ever had. Um, but then in Barcelona, we were kind of like exhausted and we didn't, we were by our, like me and the guy I was traveling with it. We like, we didn't. We didn't take advantage of. We were kind of exhausted. Like one night we had Domino's. No way. It was pathetic. No way. Yeah. Domino's in Barcelona. Yeah, but I remember like it was like okay, it was ten o'clock, and like we didn't we just, like, didn't know where to go and what to eat. Right. We it could be overwhelming. Focused, we were more focused on going out than we were the food. Um, going out and getting rowdy. Yeah, and drinking exactly. Um, gotcha. So I regret in Barcelona not um, kind of exploring the. Hey, you're only there for three days. There's only so much yeah. you could do, but just to get to get a a, a taste of it. Sure. I, say. I feel like Barcelona was the first place I ever saw a head on a shrimp. I didn't know shrimps had heads. Oh yeah, I remember the first time. I didn't know that shrimps were like had the shell. Right. I remember the first time I was at. Um, do you ever go to Williamsburg in Virginia? No. It's like the old old Williamsburg. That's what it's called, right? You know, it's like the Col- Colonial Williamsburg. Colonial Williamsburg. Colonial Williamsburg. Oh. Williamsburg. Did I? I don't remember. I don't think so. Anyway, we went there at some point. I guess I was in like middle school or early high school. And I ordered shrimp and I bit it. And I was like, what is this? 
<laughs> I didn't even know it had the shells. And then I, I remember, and then I remember, like I guess my one of my parents explained it to me. And then I remember not wanting shrimp for a little bit. Yeah, I went through that phase, but now I enjoy the peel. It makes you appreciate the shrimp. I think more. Yeah, I think I think I, I think so too. And there's something you you lose something when you're, you're sure. taking the shell off. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you got to keep the shell on. You know, everyone says you know get out of your shell. Why don't you get in your shell once in a while? That's right. That's what I said. And sometimes you get that shell gasoline in your car. Exactly. Sometimes you got to fuel up, tank up, fuel that tank up. All right, my number seven is Japanese food. I in other iterations of this list, it was much higher up. Um, I, I love Japanese food. I love sushi. We talk about sushi a lot on the pod. You're a breakfast sushi guy. Um, I, I, but over, but more than that, I love hibachi. I'm a big hibachi guy. I love the teppanyaki grill. Uh, I hope that post-corona hibachi will exist. I don't know if that's possible. It might be like very. Uh, it might be a very like high-end thing to do if you have to have like a private hibachi table. But I love it. I love uh, gyoza. I, yeah, I feel like Japanese is very creative food and always very satisfying. Yeah, Japanese food. What I think about Japanese Japanese food is on my list, and it's pretty high up. And I appreciate the like high end Japanese food. Obviously, like very high end sushi, unbelievably impressive. Uh, have you ever watched the documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's it's amazing. It's like it it it's, it's kind of the same. You'll think of stand up when you if you watch it. It's just about this guy who's committed his life to making unbelievable sushi and like how res- how respected this place is yeah. that he he goes to and, and kind of what goes into it. Like I don't I don't think I've ever been to those kind of sushi places, and I definitely want to. Yeah. They give you like one one bite per like yeah, round. Om- it's omakase. Yeah, yeah, I, I, oh, I've never done that. I haven't either. Um, I think the be- like the highest end sushi I feel like I've had is Blue Ribbon. Okay, or and also the uh, I've been to in LA Sugarfish. That, that's very good. Yeah, that was that was really really good. Um, but, shout out Kotobuki. Yeah, shout out Kotobuki. Um, but like obviously, well, so anyway, this documentary it's like they like the guy to train people. He spent ten ten years. Just making, like, figuring out how to make the rice. That's crazy. It's unbelievable. It makes it's you crazy. like respect what just what goes into becoming great at something. That's kind of what the what the yeah. documentary is about. Um, yeah, but kind of like high end um, cuisine. But then also like um, izakaya is like more casual uh, stuff. I feel like more like I guess small plates type things. Um, there's a few good places on St. Mark's that I've been to that are kind of like small kind of like skewers mm. and things like that. Yeah. Just like Japanese like, street foods. Very exactly. Good. Uh, yeah. you know what I also love? Uh, have you ever had Taiyaki? No. What is that? It's, I think the truck behind you is backing in to get some Taiyaki. It's like, a, huh. it's a, it's a dessert. It's like a pancake kind of, it's shaped like a fish. It's like a fish. Like the, it's, it's not a fish, but the dough is like, it's like a pancake batter. That's like shaped like a fish. Huh. And then inside is a filling. And usually it's this like sweet red bean paste. But I've also had banana Nutella, Ooh, and there's there's one in these village. Um, also, it's like off St. Mark's um, fried octopus balls, Ooh. Uh, really good. Um, like, have you ever had, uh, what's it called? Um, Takansu, maybe. I think butchering name, but like I've the fried. It's like a fried chicken. Yeah, or it's like a yeah, it's like a pork cutlet, or I guess yeah. it could be chicken uh, yeah. curry. Yeah, there's just like so much. 
ramen. I mean, we talked about ramen and, and udon. Yeah. Just like the... Oh, uh, making me so hungry. Yeah, just like oh. the breadth of Japanese cuisine is so impressive. And tofu dishes. I love tofu. Uh, tofu is huge in the Japanese yeah. diet. I think it's interesting because it's like you also think about how different cultures and different cuisines uh, emerge. And a lot of it's like based on where you, you – where what the natural um, – like what the geography gives you. So obviously right. Japan's an island and there's all this fish. Um, and there's not that – I feel like there's not as much like – like I've been, I've, I've been to Japanese barbecue before. Uh, but I feel like – I feel like um, like steak – isn't yeah it's it, it's there but it's not like a main feature i feel like fish is 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 a bigger deal than like red meat for the most part unless you go to like hibachi yeah i guess have, hibachi, right. yeah but yeah. even then it's like shrimp like is yeah is arguably just on the same page and lobster right. um it is i want i, I want to go to japan so bad that's definitely up on my bucket list we were um, for amazing things we were thinking about going for a honeymoon but it was just it was like the flight is so expensive um, that we were like, let's just go to a few different places, but we would, yeah, we're, we're trying to, we, I would love to go. And I have a Razor, Razorbacks want to sponsor a, uh, excursion for me and Lance, send us to Japan. That'd yeah. Be good for the pot. That's right. Um, we are, we do have a, a number of Japanese listeners as, as we know. Yeah. Maybe if a Japanese listener is listening right now, send us a, send us a message and maybe we'll stay with you. In Japan, you pay for right. our flights. I was reading also, or not reading. I was watching uh, David Chang's uh, Netflix show. This is the first. I was watching I was, that. Do you, you watch the episode about like Japanese pizza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild. That, that was like, I was like, oh, I gotta. That made me so hungry. That made me more hungry I than I feel like any episode. As as much as we, as hot as we cook, I don't think right. I've ever been as hungry watching something than that particular episode. I watch those shows while I'm eating food. It's yeah. nothing better. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Great stuff. We could go on for, for, for Darius Miles about this, but we'll stop. Wow. Love Darius Miles. Good pull. All right. Uh, I'll go. Let me pull mine up. Uh, all right. So I got number nine. I have Mexican. Uh, what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Mexican, another, it's like, again, there's Mexican, I feel like it's so regional. Uh, there's so many different types of Mexican food. You can't just say Mexican food, really. But um, I have found that I really, really crave Mexican food in the summer. Um, so like there, last summer, there was a period where I feel like five to six times a week, I would have usually dinner at one of three different taquerias. There's LES Taqueria by my apartment. Uh, this place, uh, Tacos Morelos in the East Village. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, Sidewalk Tacos, like that truck yes. by the lantern. Yep, yep. I would have... Didn't you hit your head on that taco? That I did. Truck? You were there for that? <laughs> I was at the lantern when you came back. Yeah, that, I still actually have a scar from that. That's crazy. I um, Yeah, that was that was QAB, but the food is good enough that it... Honestly, I totally forgot about that until you just, uh, just brought it up. Yeah, but I was at the lantern and I was getting, as I did, as I do fairly often, like my dinner, which is like, oftentimes I'll go, sometimes I get a, a, tor- a torta, but usually a, a vegetable burrito is my, sure. my go-to, nice. um, which I always think, I think if you're going to like, I guess it depends on the place, but I always love that if you're getting a vegetable burrito, I feel like you're getting more, uh, more bang for your Sears Robux because you're getting all these vegetables and usually like guacamole or avocado 
Um, but if you're getting like a steak burrito or a chicken burrito, I think they're foregoing those vegetables and just giving you lettuce. And I feel like the lettuce is not as rewarding as this like potpourri of vegetables and usually avocado. It's more of like a it's like more of a full body burrito. Right. They're, they're, they feel like they're not if they're not giving you meat, they're gonna make up for it with the other fixings. Yeah. Although what's also interesting, like I learned, um, is that like kind of the way we burrito or I think of burritos at least, like, you know, the Chipotle burrito, you can kind of use your hands, sort of. That's not the case in a lot of Mexican cuisine where it's like more of the knife and fork and yeah. a burrito. Open yeah. open face burrito. Exactly. Um Yeah, but anyway, uh I did bang my head on that taco truck and they like, I mean that they, they left it. It it was like, they didn't raise the, the awning all the way. It was like very dangerous. Honestly, if they kept that up and it was like 4am with drunk, I can't imagine that ended well for anyone. I was sober. That's crazy. Yeah. You you were bleeding, right? I was bleeding pretty badly. Actually, there was a period of time. Like I didn't, I didn't realize how bad it was. And then I realized my face was covered in blood and, um, I was like, am I going to have to get stitches? Jesus, Louise. All they for did, the burrito. They didn't, like, the, I had the burrito, obviously, but they didn't, like, they didn't care. They didn't I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they realized, though. I don't think I was really bleeding until I left. I don't, I don't know. But I, I said I was fine, so it's, it was on me. Bottom yeah. Me. It's, the, it's, it's the charm of the place. Yeah. You bang your head, you get a, you get a bloody burrito. That's right. Yeah. So that's number nine. I, I also, I want to shout out Casa Enrique. Have you ever been there? Long Island no. City. I was actually listening to this podcast with Daniel Bolu, uh, French chef. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like it was da- he's like Daniel. That's his restaurant. Uh, yeah, on the very it's like one of the place. very fancy. But he said this place, Casa Enrique in Long Island City, is his favorite restaurant in New York. And wow, it is really good. I had this like mole enchilada thing, um, and it was one of the best things I've ever had. The ingredients wow. like. Just um, inventive, but very high quality, very reasonable price wise. Very, it's they're open to get for, into. for takeout right now. They're open for takeout. Maybe I'll, I'll try to get some takeout from there. Yeah, I would. I would highly recommend that. Um, yeah, for my uh, Kate took us there for my birthday last year. Uh, very nice. Yeah, it was it was tremendous. Um, so number eight, I got Jamaican. What? <laughs> Are you gonna do? I, you should do this after every single every single one. Um, so Jamaican, I me crazy. Yeah. So jerk chicken, I think, might be the single best singular best food item on the planet. Wow, uh, that's a bold claim. It is so good, and like it's not. So it's it's obviously you're 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 filled. You're like satisfied. You're like you're you're full. But uh, juicy, and then you get like the crunch from the chicken, and then the spice profile. You're getting that hot crunch in the beginning, but then you're yeah. also getting that kind of constant sinus flowing thing, right? And just like that jerk rub. I guess it's like the cloves and the allspice and, and the um, what Love the that peppers jerk called? Rub. There's a there's a pepper. Uh, I forget the name of the pepper, but there's like a specific Julius Julius peppers that goes into. Um, like a jerk rub usually. Um, and then, uh, I also love complimenting jerk chicken with plantains. I think plantains are one of the more underrated foods on the planet. I didn't realize, and they're also like very inexpensive. I guess they're kind of similar to how bananas are also great, but also inexpensive. Um, but you could get like a bunch of plantains for not that much money and cook them up and 
uh, like the sweetness of the plantain, uh, you know, next to the, the spiciness of the, uh, of the jerk chicken. I also think, um, rice and peas. So it's like rice and beans pretty much. I know you're not a rice and beans guy yourself, but like that of the jerk chicken of the places I've gotten jerk chicken that I'm, I'm thinking about like rice and peas. It's like a very spicy take on rice and, hmm. um, kind of like dry, but also not, it's like dry, but also like very flavorful, which I feel like is, I don't know how that's pulled off, but it's, it's very impressive. Interesting. Yeah. What's the, is there any good Jamaican places in the city? I feel so like Miss Lily's. Miss Lily's Jamaican? is a popular yeah. place. The place I am thinking of the most is another truck in the financial district called Veronica's. Um, and they're not there all the time, but it's like unbelievably good and, uh, would recommend it to anybody. I, I agree. I, I love jerk spicing and jerk rub. Um, I had, I've had the wings from Miss Lily's. Like they have jerk chicken wings that are delicious. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're unbelievably messy. Like, and it almost it, got to a point where the messiness outweighs the taste to me. Like, if I was at home eating them, I'll, I'll be fine. But I was at, I was at the bar eating these wings, and I they were stuck in my face, stuck in my fingers. I felt like a an absolute jerk. Nice with Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the jerk. Yeah, I mean wings in general. Yeah, I guess that. Makes sense because you pretty much got to eat with a knife and fork. So if you're having yeah. wings, yeah, be, having wings normally is a disaster. There's this um, moment in, I guess, Kate and my relationship um, where uh, we were at Smorgasburg with my family. And it was like Kate had met my family, but it was like they came in, my family came in and we all went to Smorgasburg. And it was like, you know, she wasn't like in yet. And we were, it was kind yeah. of somewhat in the beginning. The mingling period. Yeah, yeah. And so. Did you poop your pants? No. But I'm surprised I didn't, to be honest. And we got wings, just like these buffalo wings that I got. And I was really hungry. So I went and sat on this bench. And Kate was like, I'm going to go. And she was like getting something else. So she comes back, apparently. I'm just like eating wings alone on this bench by myself. And I didn't have a napkin. I didn't think about a napkin. So my face, I guess, was just smothered completely (laughs) in these wings. And I was like by myself. And she said I looked like a lost child who didn't have a family <laughs> just eating wings. <laughs> That's hilarious. Helplessly. I've, I've done that many times at like those outdoor, uh, food places. And like, you forget like the, the idea of smorgasbord is so it's great. And I, I, I've gone to other outdoor places like that, but the process of eating like, out, like usually eating on the street, on the curb, it's, it's, it is a pretty sad thing. And, and it gets very messy as well. Yeah. Um, I, I've only been to Smorgasburg. That's the only time I've ever been there. I feel like like kind of food mark, like street food market type places. I think really makes sense when they're embedded within a city. Yeah, um, but like it's like a park situation. It feels it, yeah, it's tough because it's not set up. Like if you're in like a, a city, then you could just sit on the sidewalk and yeah, or maybe a bench or something. But a park, it's like I don't know. I feel like it's a little it's weird. It's a little manufactured. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Was that, that was your number, that was number seven? Eight. That was my number eight. I'm, I'm taking a while. Eight. All right, number seven, I got Korean. And What? <laughs> and uh, again, I think like uh, Korean barbecue, tremendous. Similar to what you were saying with, um, with Spanish cuisine, like a lot of Korean barbecue places are just like always open. Yeah. Which in like Korean restaurants in general, I feel like a lot of the restaurants in Koreatown are like, always open 
Um, Korean barbecue, obviously incredible. Uh, there's a, like, I feel like also kind of the more casual, um, places. Like I've talked about that place, BBQ, olive chicken a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the, I've had, I, I don't remember what they're called off the top of my head. Um, but they're like, you, you kind of would describe them like almost sushi adjacent. There's these like triangular, right. It's like sushi rice, sushi style rice, like triangular, almost like a sandwich. And then in the middle there's like a, you get like kimchi filling. There's like these fillings in the middle, like an mm. unbelievable snack. I basically, as a tradition now, uh, before I take a train on the Long Island Railroad, I'll stop at, at BBQ right. Chicken and I'll get chicken sandwich, which is like maybe the, it, one of the best chicken sandwiches in the city, I, I feel like, um, wow. with this like rice thing. Uh, kimchi I love. I feel like cabbage is an underrated vegetable in general and kimchi is one of the better uses of, of cabbage. Um, Korean chicken in general, I think one of the best, one of the best styles of, of chicken out there. A big, big gochujang boy, as you know. Absolutely. Uh, my friend October uh, is Korean, and he's taken me to a number. What? Of, he's taken me to a number of, like, I just like I remember I visited him in D.C. and he took me to this like Korean barbecue place that you just like felt like you were like in on something that you sure. wouldn't have, you would have no idea existed otherwise. Um, the and the food is so good, and the culture is like I feel like very. It's like very, it's very strong. Like the food culture, yeah, it's just, it's just like people take it seriously, but not in like an annoying way. Right. I, I love Korean barbecue and Korean food. I, I feel like I overlooked it on my list because I feel like most of my experiences with Korean food is when I'm, I've gone to Korean barbecue very drunk with my friends, and I haven't really valued the experience. Usually, I'm doing like a lot of uh, soju and a lot of like, yeah, lot yeah, of, uh, yeah, and usually pretty, pretty hand boned. Talking about wings, I love like. Um, have you ever been to Turntable? Uh, yes, yeah. those that yeah. fried chicken's unbelievable. Yeah, that place is really amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah, very nice. Cool. There's also like a chain Pelicana Chicken. I've heard. I haven't. I haven't had. It, but I've heard of it. It's 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 all right. I feel like it's like fast food Korean almost. Okay. It's, it's it's still pretty good. Yeah. There's one in Astoria. Cool. Sweet. My number six is Mexican food. You talked about Mexican. Uh, I agree with everything you said. I'm a big burrito guy. I thought like the best Mexican food I had was in San Diego. They have uh, I had they had these like California burritos that were delicious, where they would put like French fries inside of the burrito, and it, it would uh, be yeah, just humongous. Good. Yeah, um, love tacos. I love how you can. I love how like it's it's normal to order uh, individual tacos. Like you order three and you get one of each. I feel like everyone does that. It's kind of the norm. Uh, the rice and beans is pretty overrated, but I love tortillas. I love quesadillas. Quesadillas, uh, great. Love quesadilla. Kate made quesadillas. We had um, I don't know what we had, but I guess maybe tacos. But we had like these leftover tortillas and. Like Forget how easy it is. Quesadillas as like a meal, as 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 the meal is amazing. But it is yeah. one of the best, I think, uses of leftovers of all time. Sure, of all time. Sure, absolutely. As I was you, talking, you can you can put anything in there. Yeah, and I was talking about last week. It's like hard to take food from the original meal and, and reinvent it. Yeah, reinvent it. And quesadillas, and not not we haven't even talked about nachos at all. Right, right. Love nachos as well, though. 
I, I mean, we can get into the, into the weeds. I feel like nachos can get a, it can get a little messy. They can, and and I don't. It can get a little gross if you're sharing with a lot of people, putting your fingers in there. Cheese coming from one chip, another chip. You gotta, you gotta be, get it fresh. You have to. You can't get a takeout. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Can't take on nachos is insane. I've um. Have you ever been to Taqueria Diana? Yes, that place is amazing. Yeah, so they're another. They're from. It's like San Francisco style. Um, mm-hmm. I guess Mexican food, but um, they have these nachos that I I used to live by Taqueria Diana, and I would get it a lot. And then I stopped getting it as much. They like raised their prices, and I think they they maybe got some consult. Basically, the, the, all of a sudden the burritos weren't as big, and they were more expensive. So right. I took that. They, as they a became personal. very they became very popular. Yeah, um, but I. I would um, the way they the way they cook their chicken is like it, I don't know how they do it, but it's unbelievably good. Um, so good, yeah. But I as a as a treat, and I haven't done this in a while, but like kind of like when I was out doing comedy, or like every now and then when I was really hungry and I felt like I could like treat myself with something, I'd go to Taqueria Diana, that small area in the back. I would order nachos, which is like an un, it's like a gigantic plate. It's like not really for one person, but I would just order solo nacho. nacho? Order nachos and just house them. Wow! Yeah, wow! House MD, good for you. Might yeah. have to see a doctor after that. You, Lori. Very nice. I can't picture you just housing a plate of nachos. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's not like a uh, this version of me. It's like a more the mid twenties version of me who did that. Gotcha, gotcha. Very nice. All right, my number five. I had a little bit of an issue labeling this one, um, but I'm just gonna go ahead and, and sling it. Number five, I have. Israeli slash Palestinian slash Arab. <laughs> I, was one, I, was, I, I, think I knew you'd have this as a, a food, and I was gonna. Yeah. I, was, I, I thought you'd just say Israeli. And I was gonna say, do you mean Palestinian? <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all it's all good to me. I'm sure people will get angry no matter what. I think but we should have a war over the name. Let's let's do it. Let's let's go to Gaza and and talk to everybody about it. That's right. Uh, but the first time I I was a very picky eater growing up and. Um, the first time I ever had a hummus was in Israel when I went on birthright, and it like it was. It's st- I still have never had hummus that good, and since then I've been a big hummus fan. Love falafel. There's the be- the best falafel I have is also in Israel, but there's a great truck around the corner from me in a story called King of Falafel, which is a Palestinian uh, truck, and it's delicious. Um, I love all the dips. I feel like one of the spices we didn't talk about during our spice rankings was uh, za'atar or za'atar. I'm not sure how you say it, but it's a big spice in uh, Middle Eastern cuisine. Um, yeah, I and I went to Israel a second time with my family after birthright, and there's just amazing restaurants that have like chefs now that, that are getting very creative with Israeli cuisine and getting very uh, experimental with like different kind of hummuses and. and Fishes and it's delicious. Getting a bit on I can ask. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up. I was actually going to ask you on this pod because I also figured this cuisine would come up. I was going to ask if you've been on birthday. Oh, I can't. You just broke up for a second. You Say got it again? You got me back? You're back. I was going to ask you if you've been on birthright and yeah. you answered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went my sophomore year of college with Wack Goldberg and two other friends. Nice. You had a good time? It was great. I. Looking back on it, I say great, but I actually got – I lost 15 pounds because I, I uh, got like uh, a stomach virus. And it was like pretty horrible 
because I, I wasn't able to eat a lot um, and like was it was always going to the bathroom. But I love like e- even though that happened to me, I still loved the experience. It felt like a very big connection. Yeah, that to I mean, Israel. That to me sounds like you had the ultimate Jewish experience. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was. I mean, it was insane. Yeah, I think I think I got it from like the water or something. Yeah, it sounds it's like the Ashkenazi Israeli experience connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. Um, well, I, I, I have never been to Israel. I didn't go uh-huh. on birthright. I was supposed to with a few of my friends. I think it was like sophomore year of college. And then I forget why. It, oh, I think it was scheduled like my college started or I would have had to miss a week of, of school. Mm-hmm. And then I think, I don't know, either I decided or someone decided that that wasn't a good idea. And then I was like, oh, I'll just go another time. And then it never happened. And then like you could still go when you're older. But I feel like the whole reason birthright exists, honestly, is like to get you to marry someone that you met on the trip. Yes, and and also looking back on it, it is to somewhat brainwash you to looking past the yeah yeah Israeli Palestinian yeah. Conflict. I know there's been a lot of like uh, I guess chatter about that in general, which is interesting because it's like something I think about a lot where. Um, it's, there was a period of time, I guess, maybe up until recently, where like the growing up, like a lot, if you're a secular Jew, the connection of like your Jewish identity would be to Israel. And yeah. now, as you know, our generation getting older, you realize, oh, well, it's it's, it's a very complicated situation. So it's yeah. interesting how that trip is kind of, you know, there there's a there's a conflict there, and it's interesting how people figure yeah. that out. But- it did definitely work on me of being of like building a connection with it, with like Israel. Yeah, I feel like I, it, it, something that I didn't think would happen. I felt like a very big uh, connection and like, yeah, yeah, just it was interesting. Yeah, I, I I regret not going in college, but like when it was like I was in my mid twenties and I was like it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to go anymore for that yeah. trip. Um, yeah, Kate wants to go to Israel. Um, yeah, she do it. Yeah, I don't know. There's like there's so many places I want to go, and like I don't know for whatever reason I, I don't I don't feel that pull. A lot of a lot of history, a lot, a lot of places to see. Yeah, beautiful. That's how that conversation ends. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're an anti-Semite. But all right, moving on to number four, uh, Chinese food. Number four, um, with the caveat it's of, of being like Americanized Chinese food. I've never been to China. I've never had authentic Chinese food, though I've been to Flushing, Queens, which I feel like is probably the closest thing I've had to authentic Chinese food. Um, but I mean, what is there to say about Chinese food? I, I have like, it's probably the food I most have cravings for. Like I know when I want Chinese food, um, growing up, it was a big thing in our house to have like Chinese food takeout and going out for Chinese food and like getting a lot of things to share, always sharing. Chinese food, always getting different dishes that no one would get their own dish. Um, I like fancy Chinese food, but I also like greasy Chinese food. Um, growing up, I used to be a pretty much a, a sesame chicken guy with broccoli, but I've, I've, I still love sesame chicken, but I, I love a lot more dishes. Um, love Peking duck. Um, yeah, Chinese food. I love and the soups. I feel like Chinese soup is probably up there. I'm a big hot and sour guy. I love wonton soup. Uh, yeah, Chinese food. Yeah. Uh, 
Chinese food is, is high up on my list. Uh, I'll, I'll wait until then. Okay. Sounds gooch. So that was my number four. That was your number four. So I'll go. What do I got for number six? All right. This is a bit of a, I don't know, a curveball, but uh, I got German slash Austrian. What? Yeah. I, th- I think this cuisine is just highly under, like, no, everyone, like, it's highly underrated. I feel like a lot of people dismiss it. Um, but combination of sausages, mustard is, is usually heavily incorporated. Um, spetzel, I don't know if you've had that, but it's like this like egg noodle type thing with cheese usually. It's okay. amazing. Um, and also a lot of like good uses of cabbage, I think sauerkraut is unbelievable. Um, there's a, um, there's two restaurants in New York that I think are, there's, they're, two of my favorite restaurants in New York and they're both, they're German. One of them is German Heidelberg in on the Upper East Side. Um, it's been there for a long time and it's, uh, like very good. And it's like this, like, it feels like you're in like a beer garden kind of, um, mm-hmm. like very good food. And then this other one is Cafe Steinhof in, in, uh, Park Slope, but it's Austrian. And it's like, again, uh, you could have like, you know, I also think when people think of like sausages, um, it's like very greasy, and kind of, you know, maybe not as healthy. Uh, but you could also, you know, if you're cooking with, like, olive oil or, or you're just cooking with, like, if you're not lo- loading the grease on, it doesn't have to be unhealthy. Grease landing. Grease landing. This is, uh, this is controversial, man. First you slander Israel <laughs> and then you come follow that up with Nazi sausages. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, that's very underrated. I, I didn't think about that. Uh, I don't think I've really been to a German restaurant. I've always wanted to go to that place, Rolf's. Oh yeah, has, like, Christmas the, the lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, heard that's a, a cool experience. I, you make good I, points. I have no idea. I have n- not, no idea. I have no desire to go there. Why? You have no desire because it's it's, it's manufactured fun. I think it's beautiful. I think it's it's romantic. It's from the outside. It's got lights everywhere. It looks like it absolutely. It's Christmas. It's wrong Christmas. I mean, I'm Jewish. I don't know about you. I am Jewish. But I, I get very jealous about Christmas. You do? I do. I, I could care less. I think I've, as I've gotten older, I could, I've embraced the uh, Chinese food and movies on Christmas as a Jew. But growing up, I, I was very jealous of not having a Christmas tree and uh, Santa Claus. Yeah. Well, now I guess, you know, I, I married a, a shiksa. A uh, shiksa? Yeah. Um, so we do Christmas stuff. But nice. I don't know. I, Christmas, it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's cool being uh, going against the uh, the quinoa. The I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I definitely enjoy it now. Yeah. What do we do now? Should we just end it? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> this is this is the end. This is it. This is the end. That was. A, I feel like underrated movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Is that your number four? That was my number six. <laughs> was that your QAB? That was my QAB. Uh, so number five, I got Indian cuisine. Uh, what? <laughs> so, uh, again, so Indian cuisine, I feel like only within the past few years, I've really begun to eat frequently enough to have a appreciation. Um, Vindaloo is my favorite Indian dish, wow. and it is you can have it uh, like extremely spicy. And I'm going to wait until you stop typing. Sorry. No worries. I was looking up Vindaloo. Yeah, so I, I think it's actually, like I, I was reading about it one time and it was like, um, 
I guess it's it's only popular in certain area, whatever. Um, it is, but you could have it like with mega spice, and that's what I get. You either chicken or lamb usually. Um, and it, vindaloo itself is one of my favorite dishes in general. Um, love, uh, I just love when you get you know a lot of the dishes and you get rice, and then you like put the rice in the dish, and the, the rice kind of soaks up the uh, the sauce. And you get kind of like that element. Naan is one of the best uh, versions of bread and roti. And I feel like the it's a it's a food culture where you have a lot of rice, but you also have a very strong bread uh, culture as well, which I feel like is rare and impressive. Um, there's also a lot of vegetarian Indian cuisine, um, you know, for religious reasons, right? And I think I find that to be like nice. Um, I feel like there's a more care for, if you contrast Indian cuisine with American cuisine, I feel like this is a generalization, but I feel like there's a lot more care taken into the quality of ingredients, um, which, uh, which I like. Um, and, uh, yeah, like curries in general, great. Uh, just, just a very strong cuisine that like, I feel like I didn't, never had the opportunity to experience or appreciate until relatively recently. And I'm very glad that, that I have been able to, and I look forward yeah. to continuing. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I haven't, uh, it's not on my list. Cause I, and I haven't, I don't think I've really ever had a true experience with Indian food. I think I need, I need somebody to take me out and kind of like order for me and show me what to, to get. Um, cause I've been, I think I'm still pretty intimidated by Indian food. So I don't know. I've had naan. I've had uh, chick- tikka masala. Yeah. Those are kind of the, 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 the rookie, the yeah. rookie orders. Yeah, I haven't really had. I haven't delved deep into it. All right, just being honest. We'll you know? call. We'll call up uh, Usama, Zane, Bassam. We'll bring sure. bring everyone in. Absolutely, bring in the bring in the pros. Yeah. Uh, cool. So that's my number five. Number four, I got Japanese. We talked about Japanese uh, before. Just very impressive across the board. Um and yeah, I'm very hungry. This is making me very hungry. All right, sweet. Are we done? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, this is it. This is this is the big three. This is the this is the Celtics. This is Boston. This is what it's all about. My number three is American food. When I think American food, I think burgers and fries. I think barbecue. I'm not even a big barbecue fan. I'm more of like a I'm like a burgers and fries guy chicken fingers and fries. I think diner food uh, as American. Um, yeah, I, I think a, the burger, a cheeseburger in itself is probably in my top three foods of, of, of all time. I used to like, when I was younger, I would only have kind of cheeseburgers and pizza. Uh, and I like also how you can get very creative with American food. I feel like you can also mash up American food with other cuisines and it goes well. Yeah. I'm not sure what else to say about American. Nice, yeah. I don't have American on mine. Uh, number one, because I feel like when, like when I think of American, the first thing I think of is, is McDonald's. Yeah, and I just find that uh, unfortunate. But I feel like that's what generally the world thinks of. If you think of American food, that's probably what you would think of. Um, right. And uh, like every other country, I mean, America is even larger regionally than most countries. So this. The variations of cuisine is tremendous, um, but what you're saying about like, like so much of American cuisine is influenced by all different immigrants who've come to America, yeah. so like diners, right? Diners 
um, like heavily influenced by by Greek food, right? So it's like cool how it, it is very cool in America how you see like all these different cuisines, um, Italian food, which I I feel like is going to be oh, in man. your top two. I won't talk about that much, but like uh, I guess when we get to Italian food, like how American Italian is different than Italian Italian. Um, sure. So it's it's kind of cool to see how that happens. And um, wow, yeah. You're, what you just said is the perfect transition to my number two and my number one. My Let's number two is Greek food. Uh, I think living in Astoria has truly made me fall back in love with Greek food. I've always loved Greek food uh, growing up, but I feel like I've really, living in Astoria, being around authentic Greek restaurants run by Greek families uh, has really made me appreciate Greek food. I've never been to Greece, but that's definitely on my bucket list as well. I feel like I have Greek salad like four times a week, chicken souvlaki, pork souvlaki, the, the dip, tzatziki, uh, amazing fishes. The fish, I feel, in Greek cuisine is like very simple, but somehow I feel like they do it the best. They don't do much. They, it's usually like has lemon and, and oil on it, but it's very, very fresh and very, um, lets the fish kind of speak for itself. Love Greek food, a lot of olives, pita bread, Peter Griffin, love Greek food. It's Greek to me. Yeah, I think Greek fish is particularly good because, as you said, it's not up to the gills with all these different complicated right. things. Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill, nice. Um, but, yeah, Greek, Like I feel like it is, um, yeah, what you said with simplicity, it's just like the how good certain ingredients are, like olives, olive oil, yo- yeah. like Greek yogurt, cucumber, what else is there? Uh, lemon, feta cheese. It's like taking like, I don't know, 10 really good ingredients and like mixing and matching to make like all these different unbelievable dishes is, yeah, is so impressive. And yeah, it's just like, I feel like a lot of Greek food is the simplicity is, um, it, it's amazing how much you could do with not that much. Exactly. And it's interesting, like you said before about how a lot of the diners, diner culture is ran by or I think started by Greeks. Yeah, it shows how how diverse they can cook. Like they they can still cook diner food and cook like omelets and cook uh, burgers and all everything else. But you want to the you best things hear, that are good. You want to hear an interesting story about diners in New York? Sure. So um, there's this guy John Vassaleros. Uh, I think the company still exists. The Vassaleros Coffee Company, and he I've heard of them. He. Um, he, this was like in the, I believe the early, like 1920s, maybe a little bit earlier, 1910s, okay. 1930s, um, started this business and what he would do is he would supply coffee to restaurants and, um, a lot of the restaurants at this time, I, there were, I guess, I guess a major Greek wave of immigration to the United States came like around World War II, um, and so a little bit before that he had this company and he would supply restaurants with, with coffee. And most of the restaurant owners weren't Greek, but every now, I guess every now and then there'd be, you know, Greek immigrants kind of working in the kitchen. And right. as people started coming over, uh, or, not, or as these Greek cooks became more experienced in the American restaurant industry, um, Vassaleros and said, okay, like this Greek, chef, this Greek cook, he, I want to start a restaurant. Vassaleros would say, I'll, I'll help you. Like I'll lend you some of the money. Um, wow. I'll help you get started. Uh, but in exchange, you have to use my coffee. So, wow, so he basically smart helped, business. Yeah, he helped like all these diners basically start. 
And then as more Greeks came to the United States, um, you know, you'd work in the family business, which sometimes was a restaurant. So um, he, I believe he's like almost single-handedly really helped fuel the rise of, of Greek diners, which is really cool. Interesting. Yeah. And the, um, yeah, and I believe that company is still around. And coffee is huge at, at diners. That's like the first thing they, they ask. You want coffee? Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good tidbit. One of your best tidbits of all time, I'd say. Thank you. And my number one of all time cuisines, world cuisines is Italian, Italian, Italy, Italian. I love Italian food. I feel like I've never, I've never really gotten sick of Italian food. I'm never like, oh, I can't do that again. Um, I've been to Italy. I love Italy. It's one of my favorite countries in the world. Um, but I, I, I love American Italian food as well. Like we talked about before, Carmine's is probably my favorite restaurant. We got to get enough. We got to do a Carmine's. Oh my god, I would, I would go nuts. You, you would go nuts. Um, Kate's never been. We were talking about it. She's never been. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's an experience. I actually uh, last night found on my laptop a, a video that I took at a uh, my cousin's birthday dinner at Carmine's. It was very, very cool. And then on the video, it was like just so many plates of like meatballs and eggplant parmesan. It was, it was unbelievable. Italian food, is, it speaks for itself. I feel like uh, the parmesans of the world, the antipastis, the, the, there's seafood, there's breads. It's, just, it's almost overwhelming how much the, the desserts. Don't get me started, Lance, with the desserts. I got a little cannoli with your name on it, Lance. And I... Uh, I'm, I, it's a moment, I'm almost speechless about Italian. I, I can't get enough of it. The salads, Caesar salad, the, the different, the Romana salad. Oh man, there's there's too much. Italian is, is undeniable. When I would redo this list, number one was always Italian. That never wavered. Nice. Waverly Gallery. Yeah. Waverly Place. Nice. Would you say Wizards of Waverly Place? Nice. Do you think the wizards of Waverly Place are lived in Waver, like on Waverly Place? I never, I never made that connection. I hope so. Unless it's a different Waverly Place. They're like we're wizards, but we also live next to NYU. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting. Never thought about that. Anyway, yeah. um, I think. So, do you like? Do you like more like Italian? Italian Italian food is is like Sicilian foods way different than like Northern Italian foods. Almost Germanic. There's more like. Like right. dumpling type uh, type stuff, and Tuscan food, I guess, is like a little bit different. Um, right? We, is there any type you really prefer, or do you like American Italian more? I think I probably like American Italian more, but um, there's this place in the Flatiron District called Zerato Nove, which is I know Northern yeah. Italian. Yeah. yeah, and I love that that place as well. Which is, I mean, they're still American Italian, but they they have more of a Compared to Carmine's, they have more of like a classic Italian yeah. feel. This is this is going to be a bit of a also another I guess tidbit. But um, so a lot of like American Italian cuisine, like like meatballs, I think even um, a lot of mo- almost like the vast majority of Italian immigrants to the United States were from Sicily or, or like the Kingdom of sure. Sicilies, and that diet is more seafood based. Right. Um, right. 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 And, you know, when you came to New York, you had to work with what you had and there was more beef and, and pork. So, uh, and like more, so that kind of became more of a, uh, a feature 
than it had previously. So things like meatballs, um, like, you know, really came to the forefront. And I don't know about chicken, like Parmesan, like chicken Parmesan, maybe. I'm not yeah. sure about that. But I mean, that's, I feel like I think of that more as an American Italian than an Italian Italian. Sure. One of the, I, I got into a huge argument with one of my friends growing up. He's, I like, asked him what's having for dinner and he said shrimp Parmesan. And it blew my, I never, I still have never seen, I've never had it. And in my mind, it doesn't exist. Have you ever had it? I feel like I've heard of it, but I've never thought of, like, uh, yeah, I don't, I never had it. I don't know how would that work. You would, you would, like, fry the shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of shrimp oreganata. That's delicious. Yeah. Shrimp scamp? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to scamper over to some shrimp scampi. Scamper over to your top three. Let's hear. If you if you get shrimp scampi, you're a happy scamper. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. Yes. So number three, uh, I got Italian. Come on. <laughs> I will say. So, and I don't know if you inadvertently proved my point, but I think Italian food is undeniably delicious. But I think it's also. Dare I say a little bit overrated? Oh no, Lance! Oh no! I feel like there are so many cultures that have um, an equally, if not arguably, stronger um, food culture, and I feel like, like we, especially like me and you, right, grown up tri-state area, Italian is more of like a white food, right? So I feel like I, we're very, I'm very familiar with Italian. Um, and I think that familiarity maybe, and I think it's been more widely accepted in American culture. And I think that kind of spurs, arguably, the appreciation of it and the ability to understand it more deeply. Um, however, is that because the food is unbelievably good? There's cer- certainly. So I, I do think there's a little push and pull. I think that it's undeniably good, but I think other cuisines haven't had the opportunity to get the love that Italian food has gotten. That's a fair point. I think it's fair. Have you been to in the Bronx, Arthur Avenue, any of the restaurants there? Yeah. D- Dominic's is my my parents' favorite, one of their favorite restaurants. And I feel like that's like very old school Italian. I feel like the culture there is very strong. And there's no, there's no menu. You go in and like, you, they, it, they yeah. just tell you what they have. Uh, yeah, the Italian, I feel like, I mean, I don't know as much about Italian, Italian, like, but I feel like the Italian food, like in Italy, um, well, I guess I've been to Italy, but um, the Italian food culture is undeniably super strong. And it is very specific. Like you're like the New York Italian. Yeah, that kind of yeah. like no menu, um, that type of like, uh, it's, again, almost like feels like kind of what I was talking about with Korean barbecue. It kind of feels like you're in on something. Yeah. That element. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely like the like the cheeses, sandwiches. Uh, again, I think high and lo- like um, uh, fine dining as well as more casual, flawlessly sure. executed. I'd agree. It's been, it's, it's like kind of been like diluted a little bit in American culture, where you, there's like you can find like an Italian place anywhere, and, and it might not be that great. But when there's high quality like American Italian or New York Italian food, I feel like it's, it's, it's still, to me, untouchable. It's very good, undeniably. I just think that it's gotten more uh, coverage, maybe, than other foods. Okay. Um, so number two, I got Greek. No! Uh, <laughs> so, again, we, Same we, just, we just talked about Greek, but I think Greek is, um, 
I, I, I highly respect, as we just talked about, the ability to make such high-quality things in kind of like what appears to be a simplistic, uh, somewhat sure. simplistic way. Um, yeah, just make it, and you can't go wrong with, uh, also uh, one thing that Italian and Greek cuisines have in common, which I think is one of the reasons why we rank them so high and I think why they're um, widely appreciated is that olive oil is huge. And yeah. cooking things in olive oil, I found, is I think the way to go. You just get a lot of flavor out of things. It's healthier and it's better, which absolutely I think is Cook, hard to find. Cooking things in olive oil and then also like drizzling things at the end of a dish really brightens, brightens and adds another layer of, of flavor. Exactly. Um, yeah, and again, like the uh, yeah, I just I just I'm hungry. Same. And then number one, I got Chinese food. So nice. I someone asked me this. I don't remember. It must have been before we started the pod. If you could have one food for like one type of cuisine for the rest of your life, what would you choose? And I, I got to go with Chinese. Really? Uh, you don't yeah. think you don't think you get, you get sick of it? No, because just like the amount, like so. Again, like just to say, Chinese food in general is very general, right? There's so general many chow. general chow. There's so many like different regional types of uh, Chinese food. Like the American Chinese food is like more Cantonese influence, uh, like the area around Hong Kong. But um, it's like I, I feel like, and it, it was it's just like a you know this this is a more complicated history than we need to get into, as far as I know. But like when Chinese immigrants would come here and you make you have Chinese restaurants, the way to get I guess white Americans to eat would be to like load things up with grease and. Um, like, you know, tons of salt, cornstarch, um, and make it more like fast food almost. Yeah. Um, but that does, such, yeah, that does such like a disservice to the quality of, of Chinese food. Um, I always talk about Chow House, one of my favorite restaurants, but it just goes to show how like, like how high quality and relatively healthy, pretty, pretty much, you know, pretty much healthy. You can make Chinese food. Sure. Um, that like, I feel like white Americans just like have not have failed to understand uh sure. because there's you know in most towns the chinese food is like the, the crazy style. place yeah, yeah yeah um so i think that's kind of a shame and there's places like you know you, you've been to um xian's famous uh yes yeah. yeah so that's like that's like a more it's like in the it's like western china uh the xian i guess it's like a kind of like in the middle like rural western more western china but that's almost more like like uh western asian like kind of like um it's like heavy bread like the dumplings you know and sure um more of that but like that's like you know that's a more authentic take on chinese food that's because it's so good i feel like has become palatable to a more general audience absolutely Um, and i think like yeah i guess there's a lot of it like kind of the spice levels and ingredients like um a lot of americans aren't uh like I guess that's familiar with, but just like the variety of just like the variety and also like the richness of the culture again, like such a strong food culture, you know, the dim sum places, the high di- the fine dining, as well as like, you know, the more casual dumplings, obviously, uh, right. noodles. Um, but then also like, you know, roasting a whole pig or, or duck as you're talking about, um, you know, peaking duck. Um, I think it's just, um, you know, it's it's a country with however however old China is. It's like one of the oldest cultures in the world, 
And I think the food culture is, you could, you could really see that in, in the food, how like, how complex and strong and, and high, I think high quality it is. And I think it's a shame that most Americans don't necessarily think that way, but you know, that's, that's how kind of the world is, has delivered Chinese food to people for, for a while. No, I absolutely agree. I think there's a lot of people, a lot of Americans that their only view of Chinese food is the greasy Chinese food, which is a pretty narrow perspective, but some, they don't have the exposure to like, we're fortunate to live. Yeah. Like I, I live basically in Chinatown, so I'm able to like go to all these different restaurants and, uh, you know, I'm really interested in, I think the food's like amazing. So I become very interested in it. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like your your view of Chinese food, of how you could have it any night, is my view of Italian food. I could I feel like I could have Italian every yeah. night and not get sick of it. I do think it's tougher to like in a because just in a general like a Trader Joe's, there's the it's harder to find the ingredients you need to cook high quality yeah. stuff. You know, so like that that is a little tougher. I feel like at home it's harder to cook um, yeah. unless you know you've, you're familiar with with cooking the cuisine. But in terms of, of availability, I think, I mean, especially, I guess, you know, in most places in America, this is not the case, but in New York City, certainly, there's so many high quality Chinese restaurants that you can go to. Sure. Or in normal times, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Strong top nine. Didn't get too divisive. No. I enjoyed it. Except every time I said a cuisine, you're like, what? Except for Chinese food. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cool. All right. Beautiful. Uh, you got any ads? I sure do. This week's Praise Bits is brought to you by Frozen Food. Do you like food but aren't ready to eat it? Why don't you freeze it? Throw it in the freezer and that food will not spoil. Milk? Freeze it. Bagels? Freeze them. Steak? Freeze it. Mr. Freeze? Freeze them. This ad is brought to you by baseball player David Freeze. Nice. I love that. I don't have any ads. I just want to shout out to Pat. Pat, we miss you. Shout out, Pat, man. We love your Shout Monday out, shift, and we, um, I don't know, hope, I, I'm feeling like things might start opening up a little, and not soon, but sooner than before. It feels that way. It feels like we got, we got some momentum. Cuomo said that 10 people can gather together. Uh, let's, let's hope we're moving and grooving in the right direction. And you know the Chabad by me is open, so. Is it? Yeah. Wow. That's 10 people. That's a... Uh, Minion. That's a minion. That's a mitzvah. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet. Should we get into Is that a joke? Let's get into it. Okay. My is that a joke is... I did a uh, a Zoom show last week. And how do I say this? It was was awkward overall. But the best the best moment for me was when a comedian put on his uh, sleep apnea mask, and it, he was he was kind of like bombing a little bit. And he he put on the sleep apnea mask and started doing jokes with this like huge mask on. And uh, at first, I couldn't tell if he, if he was doing a joke or if he was like just like struggling to he was using like a prop to to, to make it funny, but. Uh, it ended up being very funny. He like made a joke about how like he has to wear this huge sleep apnea mask, and it's hard in the mornings if he's with a girl to, to like. He like takes off the mask, but you want to have morning sex, and then she's like, "Now, nah, not the mask." It, it was a moment where like, is this? This is really weird, but it's also 
it made me realize like the comedy we're doing in the zo- these Zoom shows. In my experience is like you kind of have to use every resource you have, jokes and also things around you, just to, to make it funny. Yeah, I was uh, I saw that on your Instagram story. Which a slight caveat is that I never watched Instagram stories before this quarantine, but now there's nothing to do, so I I watch it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I thought I saw that. And I thought that guy was like you know those. I guess like what people put on like the weed mat, like the weed things. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I thought that's what he was doing. That's what it looked like. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's uh, that's cool. I guess uh, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> if that works. I don't know, um, but. Uh, yeah, I've started to do more Zoom shows and uh, the most impressive, as you're talking about using all the resources, uh, Khalid Rahman, um, you know Khalid, and I do. He, um, he has this Zoom bit where he like uses pictures and he shares the screen, like he shares his screen while, while doing his joke and there's like multiple sh- screen sharing elements. Like, oh, it's funny, like a slideshow almost? No, like sort like of. PowerPoint? It kind of like he he talks about something and then he shares like this picture. Then he talks about something else. Then he shares it's like and the pictures all build on each other. Yeah, but it's not like just like you know how some like alt comics will have a, a slideshow and that'll be a yeah. whole joke. It's like it's yeah. a joke and then like the punchline is almost like the picture and then gotcha. he takes it That's away great. and then it's very creative and yeah it it was I was very impressed. That's the way to do it. That's the I, especially it's I realize you can't really just do straight up jokes on these zoom shows at least for me like i mean uh, i don't know it's it's i haven't really gotten my footing yet with these these zoom shows yeah yeah i um i i now have uh, basically all my jokes are pretty much quarantine geared so i I think that's the way it's gotta be that's the way it's gotta be how's it gonna be it's gotta be me that's right yeah uh my was at a joke is today is my 30th birthday no way. Happy birthday, Lance. Is, I was going to... Is that a joke? Should, <laughs> wait, is that a joke, me saying happy birthday or, or That is my saying? birthday. That is my 30th birthday today. Happy birthday. Is it a joke, though? Was that a joke? No. No, you were born on this day. Do we always have to say, was that a joke? Like, answer if it's a joke <laughs> or not? I no, leave it there's, not, there's, there's not always an answer. One thing, so one thing about birthdays is I, I hate... Um, I was talking with my French tutor. One one thing I actually found interesting: neither of us had French on our top nine. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that. I specifically didn't. Actually, I had the German Austrian because I feel like French is so overrated. Um, I feel like French is good, but it's like every French restaurant that I've ever been to is like so much more expensive than yeah. other foods, and it's like it's very, very pretentious. It's good, but it, I don't think it's better than any other cuisine. Right. And like French onion soup, you have at other restaurants. It's not like just a French thing. Uh, yeah, well, it's like French cooking techniques are like you know the classically trained chef techniques, which yeah. I guess I don't I don't really know about. I've never those been techniques. To culinary school. I mean, we're in culinary yeah. school right now, but um, right. A lot of cream. I know it's got a lot of cream in it. In the food. Like steak free, you know. Like there's a lot of different classic French dishes, but. Um, yeah, I feel like it's less accessible because it's um, more expensive. When we did go to France, the food was amazing, and I felt like there's more because it's a it's a country, so you have to have casual cuisine. And uh, like the, we went to, you know, we went to some more expensive restaurants, but we went to a few places where it wasn't that 
you know, it was pretty reasonable and the food was, was unbelievable. Like burgers right. and, and things like that. Like one of the best, probably the best burger I've ever had in my life at this, you know, French restaurant. Yeah, um, the bistro's there, amazing. Yeah, so, uh, but I specifically had the German-Austrian over French because I feel like that doesn't get any love and French is like, you know, you gave it the right amount. Pas, Kevin pas, love. Pas That's not French. Bonjour. That's Italian. Oui, oui. Oui, oui. Um, P. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so we're, oh, my birthday. But anyway, so in French, <laughs> uh, so in French, you say that like it to, if today is your your birthday, like if it's your twenty fifth birthday, you would say that today that it's your anniversaire, and but the day you were born is your naissance. So like that was the day you were born. It's like the day you were born, and then your birthday is like more like the anniversary oh, of, your, gotcha, of the gotcha. day you were born. And that's that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah, happy anniversary to you. Thank you. Self anniversary. Yeah, very nice. Is it today though? It might not be. It's today. <laughs> it is today. It is yeah. today. Very nice. I like not, I like not. It's cool as you get older. Do you like people know when your birthday is? Just because of Facebook. Oh, so you have it on Facebook? I was actually because you had mentioned a few weeks ago that your birthday was. I know your birthday is in May, and I wanted to text you asking when. So I went to your Facebook. You don't have yours listed. No, I took it and off. Yeah, no. because there was like I don't know. Remember when Facebook was more popular? I like had it on and I would always like check to see who like, when well, you remember when like writing on your wall for Facebook was a big deal. Still is not a big deal, but it people, was, I, it was huge. I feel like back in the day. Yeah. Uh, it, and I you don't want that. No, I was like, I like, I remember one year it was like, maybe it was like 20 or 21. I just like, like was like checking Facebook all day to see who wrote happy. See, birthday. yeah. I, like, I made I it a point to, yeah. I'm like, I can't do this and I honestly don't care. So I took it off. And like, you know, as the years go by, just like people don't know your birthday and I kind of like, I get, I don't know. It's kind of nice. Really? I, mean, I, I guess I just sold the whole pod, but yeah, I, I, I used to do that thing where I would check Facebook about my birthday, but I, I made it a point the past few years to, to always check at the end of my birthday to kind of like make it like a, a one big scroll through. And that, that for me is fun. Yeah. And I feel like it also friends, like I, if I saw your birthday on Facebook, I would have texted you. Happy yeah. Before this, and another thing, like I don't like being on my, and I've tried. There's been days, like so, like if we're trying to wait for someone to promote our pod, like I'm on, like you know, Instagram a lot, like seeing if that. But I don't like that, like so. I I want to not be on my phone, like um, okay, because I want to like if I'm like reading or like if I'm doing something, I want to be more engrossed in that task. That's fair. And looking at your phone, I feel like takes your mental energy away from that. 100%. So, um, like, I don't want to be on my birthday. Like, I don't want to, like, even if people are texting me constantly, I feel like I should text back somewhat soon. It's, like, rude if you if you take nine hours and don't text back. No. So, like, the less people that text me, the more manageable that is. I don't want to be on my phone all day or responding to, like, messages. That's, that, that becomes the entire day. If, like, 100, if not 100 people, but say, like, say 40 people message you, all you gotta say is th- all you gotta say is thank you. Yeah, but it's like you, no, it's not. You gotta you gotta come up with something better than that. 
I mean, it's, it's, you got like you're pre- saying it's you gotta, it's, you gotta, it's you gotta, just your birthday. You got to. But pre- someone just says happy birthday without if they if they say more like happy birthday. How are you doing? What are you doing today? Then you obviously. But if they say I got a lot of just straight up happy birthdays. Then you just say thank you. If you it's not say, that big of a deal. If you say if so if like a friend of yours if if I say happy birthday to you. We're not friends, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, oh, jeez, Louise! <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm, I'm going to invite you to my wedding. But oh no! <laughs> but no. if I say, if you say happy, if you message me happy birthday, I would feel like as a friend, it would be my obligation to rise to the level of friendship with like the right inside joke, or like you know, just to be like, yes, this is like a, a robust friendship. And so, anyone who texts me, I feel like I have to hit that level and sometimes it comes it takes two seconds but then sometimes you actually got to think about it and um like my sister she texted me happy birthday and i sent her back like a meme but it was like a specific meme that was like she would appreciate gotcha all right well interesting we have a different perspectives on our birthdays yeah is that a joke maybe maybe it's not even my maybe i was never born (laughs) maybe this is a simulation could be. Would yeah. not be surprised. Could be. All right. All right. QAB. Let's get into our questionable at best. Let's the segment created by the non-existent goose. Yeah. Um, my QAB is also about the Zoom show that I did. Uh, it was very funny, and but very questionable. There was a Zoom audience member who was like, uh, he was like the one guy who was like laughing the most, and he was... Um, he was drinking like a lot during the Zoom show and like getting boozed up. And I think he was somehow you can, I guess you can do Zoom on your phone. I've only gone on my laptops, but he was on his phone. And after the show ended, there was like the, the producer called it a meet and greet where everyone just kind of like just talked and talked to each other to the audience. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it was, it was weird, but it was, this made it fun. This guy stayed on the Zoom chat, brought his phone into the car and drove and it didn't, I mean, he's, he was drinking beforehand. Um, <laughs> and we were like, where are you going, man? And he, he, he was driving to go have sex with, uh, with somebody. And uh, it was very questionable at best. <laughs> that this guy did not, give a, did not care at all that there was like 15, 20 people on there. Like we all saw him drinking. He was like the loudest guy in the room, drink, uh, laughing a lot. And then he just brought his phone in the car with him to go have sex. So he was drinking, and then he was driving, and like when he was on the phone, was he like more paying attention to the phone than the road? A little bit. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, he. You could tell he loved like the fact that we were watching him doing this, and he was excited to brag that he was going to hook up. Uh, so it was like entertaining, but then it made me realize, like, no, this is actually like real life. Like, this is not a TV show. This guy is, yeah, is drinking and driving. As as I uh, noted before, in a unrelated. Um, Unrelated thread that I, I hope this guy overcomes whatever psychological darkness that he's, <laughs> yeah. that he's facing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's absurd. It's interesting that that level of, of absurdity I feel like is is certainly um, you don't see that every day. But I feel like with this quarantine, you do see like how questionable humans are behaving. Absolutely, and just and recklessness and not caring and like yeah. Yeah, like I, 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 I'm trying to. I'm doing this Zoom bit, kind of. I just like don't think America is set up to fight the virus at all. Because not. the whole 
the whole like ethos of the country is that you do what you want. Yeah. And you really see like that is, I mean, that's an unbelievable egregious example of that, but just, you know, it, in, um, Kate was walking, she took one take a walk yesterday and she said on orchard street, uh, it was just like throngs of people just like hanging yeah. out and gathering and just people not wearing masks. And it's just like, Oh, well I want, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to consider, I mean, it's the same thing that I get crazy about when people come to comedy shows and they just sit in the back and they don't want to like move yeah. to not even the very front row, but just like sit in a way that will make the show good. It's because people say, well, I'm going to do what I want to do and I don't care how right. this affects the rest of the community. And that's like such an American, I feel like that's, that's so valued in America where there's positives of it, of course, but like it's, I think it's too far to the, to the extreme. Which is very sad. I heard a good metaphor or something that like masks now are kind of like to America what, what guns are almost. And like a lot of people are like, I have the right, I have the right to not wear a mask. The whole point of being in America is like, I don't have to wear a mask. I don't need to. It's, um, a, metaphor, it's a metaphor for a crap movie. <laughs> the mask? No, it's uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. You ever? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, I love that's that. That's a line that he says. It's a metaphor. They're talking about like a movie. It's like it's a metaphor for a crap movie. That's what it is. Have What's you seen? Brand, man? Have you seen this shoe? It's like this <laughs> one's fellow. I just rewatched Get Him to the Greek, legendary movie. Ah, uh, yeah. So still, still very funny. Holds up. Nice. Yeah. It wasn't Joan Over the Hill. No, no. It was. It, it was, was very funny. It was on funny. brand. It was on brand. Nice. That is, that is that might be the most questionable. I mean, as as uh, I think we introduced, we got to introduce Dan Lebetard QAB. <laughs> <laughs> Highly questionable. At best. Wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah. I love Dan Lebetard. Yeah. So my QAB, uh, there's been a lot of chatter about beaches, right? Like the beaches are opening, or are they not opening? And now apparently you could go to the beach, but you can't go in the water, which yeah. is QAB. Um, and then, like, they're like, you go to the beach, but you have to be six feet apart from other people. And it's like, were there people who weren't six feet apart before? <laughs> right. and so this is all QAB. But then it got me thinking about <coughs> beach umbrellas. Yeah. And I just find beach umbrellas um, questionable at best. I can't believe that they still make those metal beach umbrellas that can impale people and have impaled people. Absolutely. I can't believe you, like, I, I can't, into the sand. I can't believe that those aren't banned. Like that obviously you have an umbrella, but there's there's safe there's safer umbrellas and there's umbrellas that are downright dangerous. And as this has shown, this as cynical as this sounds, like this virus has shown that you can't really trust other people to to follow the rules. Absolutely not. And Absolutely not. I mean I know I'm sure you've seen this at the beaches where People will have these metal umbrellas and they'll like kind of put it in the sand, but they won't really, really put it in and they could, it could blow away. That's a good one. It's a good like, QAB. I can't, I, I've seen them blow away. I've seen them, yeah. And it's like, it, it gets me really nervous. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not a real beach bum in general. As you know, it's like too much fun and joy for me, but, <laughs> but, uh, I like going to the beach. When, a, I like going to the beach when no one's there. You, that's the best, but. It's probably usually when then like in the winter time when it's raining. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big beach bum, and I, I've I've many times had to I've, I've seen an umbrella blow away and and have ran after it to like, prevent it from hitting somebody. Yeah, not my umbrella, but somebody else's umbrella. And it's like 
when you're on the beach, you're at one of your, at least for me, I'm at my, my most relaxed I know uh, state state of mind. So I'm not keeping my head on a swivel looking around for flying objects. That's so, what that, I know, and that's what yeah. I'm doing. Like that's all I could think about. That, yeah. I can think about that, and I think about just a seagull pooping on people. So yeah. between those two things, it's a highly stressful environment, and you're right. supposed to be there to relax. But I can't be doing that. Right. I used yeah. to I used to work that's at a beach. Lifeguard? No, like an attendant. I like, cleaned up garbage. I probably talked about nice. this before. No. I don't think so. Yeah. It's a uh, North Shore Long Island beach, so it's like the Long Island Sound. So it's like barely a – it's like a beach, but it's not a it's not a beach beach. You must have got a good tan. Yeah. I was um, – yeah, I mean I, I, it was a great job. It made me – It's it. Uh, I think it's, it's a good job for this because you just – you did your work and it took an hour to clean and then you had seven hours where you just sat there. That's, that's that sounds like a dream job to me. I just you're sat, on on the beach and you're cleaning the beach and you're sat, sitting on the beach. Although you generally couldn't, we were supposed to sit in, in like this hut kind of like because mm. we weren't supposed to. If we were working, we weren't supposed to just be like lounging around. Stay in the hut. Yeah, job of slut. Job of the hut. Nice. Job of Chamberlain. Yeah, it was a job. It was a job, and so they said, "Stay in the job of the hut." <laughs> All right. Sweet sauce. Well, should we bring in the Mariano Rivera? I think let's do it. So I have a proposal, and you could oh boy. you could accept or deny this, or maybe we can even have like the Rabbi uh, Wack Goldberg decide. But uh, I was thinking instead of closing on the Bits song, we could blow the Bits shofar. Wow. Do you have a shofar? No, but you basically you would like do one of the three shofar chants, and I would respond. Like, bits, 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 bits. <laughs> I'm down to try it out. I don't know that I know the shofar chant. I'll, I can improvise the shofar chant. We can give it, give it a try. Yeah, let's do it. So should, should, should I just go into it or count it? Do you think we should uh, figure this out off pod and see what Wack Goldberg thinks? No, I feel, I feel like we're already in it. Okay. Let's, I we're in that's, it. That's, that's, that's well, there's, it. Three different show, there's three different ones. So then they would have to correspond to like the strong note, the four broken ones, or the fast one. <laughs> so if you did like bits, I'd be like bits. All right. Okay. All right. Let's, let's do it. Bits. Bits. Bits, 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 bits. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we would have to we would have to think of what the three things are that correspond to the shofar notes. So it's like what it's like tikiya. It's tikiya is one of them. Trua is one of them. It's like a shivarim. I don't know. Sounds sound something right. like that. So we'd have to have those three figured out, and then which would they correspond to? So it might be a little too complicated. Maybe maybe we scrap it. <laughs> I love the I love the concept. It's a good I love concept. the idea. Of it. Yeah, I feel like it, it would allow for a lot of uh, d- different sounds. Yeah, blow, blow the bit so far. I feel like that's a unique. I, how many other podcasts are blowing the bit so far? Probably none. I don't think any. Beautiful. All right. Bits, 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 bits. Come on. Bits, 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 bits. All right. Bits, 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 bits. That's right. Nice. Yeah. Sweet sauce. All right. Well, uh, want to want to plug Lance's birthday. Happy birthday, Lance! Yeah, I guess I want to plug my thirties. Uh, yeah, plug I'm the be Entering my thirties. Uh, what I'm? Yeah, what I'll, I? don't know what I'll do. Have a kid. You gonna have a kid? Are you? Are you guys? Probably, are you guys going for it? Probably in my thirties. 
Not not right now. As far as I know. A little braised bit buddy. Yeah, a little braised buddy. In, in, in the 30s, I feel like hopefully that'll happen. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, what That'd else? Be great pot fodder. Probably quit comedy. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's about the main highlights I feel like of my 30s will probably be. <laughs> hopefully staying alive. But yeah, so staying hopefully ha- having a, a child and quitting comedy I feel like will be the main things in my 30s. Wow, I'm uh, and by I'm quitting, all in on comedy, and I'm probably well. I need to have a wife first to have a kid. Well, no, but I'm saying you don't need to. That's True. certainly not a requirement. Uh, not a requirement. But I'm saying I'm going to quit comedy because I'm gonna I'm gonna become a better comedian. I don't know. I was trying to figure out how to. You're gonna you're gonna quit. I don't. Comedy I don't want to quit comedy. I don't think I will. I was just doing that because I'm uh, insecure. HBO. That's fair. I get it. I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything else to plug? Yeah. Our last po- our last episode with Dylan Palladino. We got, got to promote it as as much as we can. Definitely. Shout out to that pod. Got, yeah, did, a, did a good top six of best things to do at the gym, our favorite things at the gym. Check it out. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> did, you, did you plug? I got uh, – I didn't plug. I don't really have anything to plug. Follow me. My, my TikTok's not doing too shabby. Follow me on TikTok. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Um, follow me in real life. Follow me down the street. Nice. I'll do that. I'll follow you down like the gin blossoms. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Razorbacks. Slash Ruben us a review, and we'll see you next time. Peace.